Howdy, everyone, and thank you again for tuning in to the Jeffersonian Tradition. Before we get started, I have a couple of things to go over. For now, the podcast is mostly ad-free, and I sure would like to keep it that way. You can help me out with that by becoming a supporting listener. If you find value in the podcast, there's a link in the show notes page that will enable you to contribute to my work and to help keep the podcast going and keep it light on advertising. If you're not comfortable with a recurring contribution model, I've also set up a cash app profile for the show. And one-time contributions can be sent to the show's cash tag, which is dollar sign Mr. Jeffersonian. And all of this information will be listed in the show notes page as well. Any contribution amounts help and thank you in advance to anyone who chooses to pitch in. And for my supporters, I recently introduced an exclusive tier for y'all, and it's called Mr. Jeffersonian's Ward Republic. Perks of being a supporting listener currently include one video call with me and the other Ward Republic members each month, and up to 40 minutes each call. It's a great atmosphere, and we'd love to have you there. All you need to do to become a member of the Ward Republic is start contributing today at the $4.99 per month level through the Anchor link, or if you'd rather go through Cash App, then you can round it up to $5 per month. Um, essentially, as long as it comes out to $60 per year, you're, you're going to be covered. And speaking of groups, if you aren't on MeWe yet, then seriously, what are you waiting for? Unlike a certain other social media platform, MeWe respects the right to free speech and offers a privacy bill of rights. So if you'd like to be a member there, then download the MeWe app and search for me at the username Mr. Jeffersonian. And just for basic group level access, I'm always going to keep that free. So if you can't afford to contribute, that's perfectly fine. You can still come into the group, see what we're discussing over there. We'd love to have you. The show group is private, so we must be contacts before I can send you that group invite. And if you're not familiar with MeWe's platform, contacts are the same as being friends on Facebook. With all of that fun stuff out of the way, let's now turn our attention to the topic for today's episode. And just one more awesome announcement before we actually start the interview for today. Our guest from today's episode actually offered me the first affiliate sponsor of the show. So if you guys want to support the show and you happen to be in the market for exposure to gold, you can use the link that I'm going to include in the show notes page to make your purchases of goldbacks from Coda's website. I will get a 1% commission on that. And then there is currently, I think it's now through the end of the year, there is also a discount coupon. It's Liberty Block. So you can get a 1% discount on the goldback purchase as well. So I'll get a 1% commission. You'll get a 1% discount. And I would greatly appreciate that. Again, no pressure, but if you're in the market for some exposure to gold and you want to help the show out, I would greatly appreciate it. And without further ado, let's go ahead and start the interview. All right. Today we have Mr. Coda Matiako with us, CEO of DefyTheGrid.com. Coda, thank you so much for joining us and how are you doing today? Fantastic. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Thank you for coming on. Uh, so can you tell us, before we get into the topic, can you tell us a little bit about yourself and Defy the Grid? So one question you might have is how in the world, just by looking at the website and you know, from what you know, is how in the world did we get from selling solar panels to gold and degoogled phones and things like that? Well, um, back in the day, I uh, was living in California. Rent was just getting way too expensive. And so I decided to live in my van. Um, I completely decked it out and um, put solar panels, you know, 120 watts uh you know outlets and uh, and you know just lived that for a year life was great i got married and suddenly my standard of living just went up incredibly high and so now you know i'm living in a house and 
Um, I still love helping people out with their solar panel stuff. Although that, you know, when I got married, that kind of got sidelined, you know, with a, a family. And um, then, you know, in my free time, I learned a little bit about the economy. As you know, I, I it was the day when I learned that um, it's been, it was about eight or nine years after a recession. And usually when it goes that long, usually there's a recession just around the corner. And so I was just studying it up um, like a madman, you know, trying to learn more and more about the economy. And the more and more I learned, the more and more I realized we really don't live in a free economy. And, you know, in the background, they are just pulling the strings left and right. Um, I liquidated my retirement and I, um, you know, while working, um, at this big, you know, uh, uh, fortune 50 or 100 or whatever company. Um, I got into gold and silver, um, also a little bit of crypto, but that came like years later. Um, and, uh, yeah. So, and the website to find the grid is, um, essentially everything that I sell, everything that I believe in. And everything that I personally use and do to fight or um, stop feeding, if you know you know what I'm talking about, um, I just promote things that I believe in to um, to get out of this grid control system that we seem to be sliding into. Absolutely, and on, you know, on the economy, it, it's funny because. Around 2012, it was actually when Ron Paul ran. That, that's when I had my first real big political awakening. And I started listening to all different kinds of libertarian podcasts. I uh, started reading all different kinds of libertarian sources about economics. And, I, man, I was convinced. I'm like, look, we're in a bubble. And, and I still think we're in a bubble. But, you know, it, it sucks because they can, keep it, they can keep it irrational longer than an individual can stay solvent. Like, if you wanted to try to short it. Uh, you know, if you wanted to try to buy gold, stuff like that. I know I, I've been kind of, I'm not going to lie, I've been kind of frustrated with the aspects of precious metals in my portfolio because last year I was like, this is the triggering event. Like, I'm about to go to the moon. This is awesome. And, you know, it did have a pretty decent run up. I got up to about an 85% gain and then it just kind of flatlined and now I'm back down to around a 20% gain. So, uh, still ahead, which is good, but it is very frustrating because, you know, when you look at the zero interest rate policies and the relentless printing press with the with the currency and everything else, I firmly believe they never actually let us recover from 2008. I think what they did is they put a Band-Aid on it. Uh, they funneled artificially billions, if not trillions of dollars back into real estate and stocks. And we just never really got to actually have that purge that that is necessary in, in a free market system, if if that's what you want to call yourself. So I'm, I'm glad you brought that up because that that is a big thing. So now on to yeah. Our, so oh, I'm sorry. So ahead. so about that about like the the portfolio that you're talking about. I tell everyone ever me, you know what? If I were to redo it again, I would invest in a truly free market um, investment, which would be guns and ammo. <laughs> Because, you know, there's, there's, there's no, as soon as you get into, um, you know, like assets going on Wall Street, you know, the COMEX and, and, you know, where you're able to short and, and, uh, and put calls and puts and stuff like that on things. That's when things get manipulated, but bullets, 
there's no there's no like comics on bullets if i were to redo it again you know i would i mean yeah sure gold and silver um those they are definitely stores of value but you always kind of want like a a a loosey-goosey asset that's like super volatile so for example when like obama got in he's like hey i'm gonna take away your guns and then bullets just went up like crazy right um so if i were to do it again it would i would have definitely a portfolio of bullets no, and you know, gold is not, I'll be, again, I'll be honest, gold is not a huge part of my portfolio. Right now, it probably makes up about 3 to 5%, uh, which I'm actually working to increase it because it is stable. But I think the thing, so it's funny because the the stock that I played with the most that was just highly volatile, I used to be real big into pot stocks um, when, when weed was really first starting to get legalized in a, in a whole bunch of places. There was this one particular one, I'd been following it for like three years, and it, it got down to about two cents a share. And I'm like, why not? You know, I, I'll, I'll roll the dice here. So I, I threw like 5,000 into it. I kid you not. I kid you not. It was right after an election. And I think it was like five or six additional states had voted to legalize it in some capacity. And that, that stock took off. It went from like two cents all the way up to about, I, I think it was like six or seven cents. So, you know, that, that 5,000 that I started with, now I'm sitting at like 14 grand and I'm like, oh man, if I can just hold this till it gets to a dollar, like that, that's it. And uh, then Jeff Sessions got confirmed, and it went all the way back down, and I, I sold that. Thankfully, I did walk away with a very small gain. I think it was about 10%, but I was like, wow. I was up almost 300%, and then Jeff Sessions gets confirmed, and then boom, just like that, it just craters. So I, I don't know. De- definitely playing a rig game. We could – we could, yeah, yeah. And also, also man, we could talk about hours about uh, the emotions – and you know everything, the euphoria that you feel, and, and when it's going up, and you know as long as you're you're ahead, that a euphoria is still there. But then when it goes below yeah. your, uh, <laughs> you know your buy price, all of a sudden it's like, ah, get me out! This hurts. It's painful, yeah. right? Sell, 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 sell. And then you know, so the banks, all these people, you know, that trades, you know, the puts and calls and everything. Actually, the good people, um, they. Um, the people who are good at doing that, they know about emotions. They know about, and they play. That's how they rob, you know, Main Street. No, it definitely is. to is. play on your... It definitely is. And, you know, when you start talking about, and, and this is something else. Um, so I, I don't know if you had a chance to listen to any of my, any, any, excuse me, any of my episodes prior to our talk today, but I, I've kind of turned away from libertarianism because I realize we don't live in that world. Now, if, if we lived in a fair and just society, best philosophy out there. Peter Schiff would be like, you know, the number one U.S. uh, Treasury Secretary, (laughs) so on and so forth. But we don't live in that world. So I've kind of turned away from that. But, you know, as part of that journey, I started looking into companies like BlackRock, Vanguard, that just have trillions of dollars under asset or uh, assets under management. And I'm like, there's no way like they can mobilize these resources, you know, just like that. And then they can do whatever they want. And we're seeing that with BlackRock starting to get into the residential home market. They're buying thousands upon thousands of homes. Zillow was doing the same thing. Now, thankfully, Zillow's experiment with that seems to have failed. But, you know, BlackRock <laughs> is a much, much larger company than Zillow. So I don't know. I, I think it's time that we get to something where it's beyond their control. And, and that's actually why I wanted to have you on so we could talk about Goldback. So with that, uh, let's go ahead and dive in on that topic. So I bought a set of Utah Goldbacks back in, I think it was 2018, 2019. 
I bought them as a novelty uh, because Colorado has not gotten on that bandwagon yet. But can you tell us more in depth what are goldbacks and how do they work in circulation? Yeah, goldbacks. Um, so one goldback is one one thousandth of an ounce. It's uh, it, it's gold. It's a very very thin layer of gold laminated on both sides in simplest terms, and that can be used for the exchange of goods and services. Um, I've personally um, used goldbacks with people who don't even accept goldbacks. Right? I say, hey, do you do you accept gold as payment? And you know, one guy that was uh, that was selling beef, he says, well, sure, gold is gold. Okay. And, you know, he didn't even care, you know, what the exchange rate was. Um, I think he just assumed that I was, you know, being fair, which I was. And, you know, we exchanged it for like 344 gold back and I bought beef. And uh, uh, what else? And so like even in your state over over in Colorado, um, I'm sure there are people who will accept goldbacks as payment. Um, you can also go for one goldback. You can also go to um, goldback.com and you can see what the daily exchange rate is and use that as your, you know, your bartering tool. So, and, and just for the audience, just to kind of hammer this part home, they it's literal gold, right? It's, it's not just a uh, paper certificate yeah. that represents gold. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, literal gold. Yeah, and and guys, I I know I, I'm not doing a video of this, but these things are beautiful. If y'all get a chance, go to devithergrid.com. Y'all, you guys actually sell all the ones that are currently in circulation, right? Yeah, currently. Yeah, so right now there's like Nevada goldbacks, Utah goldbacks, New Hampshire, and coming out very shortly is Wyoming and South Dakota. And one other thing, you know, I know that Colorado is a pretty li- liberal state. Um, did you know that these, these types of currencies actually were more of a democratic thing originally? It doesn't surprise me, but no, I did not know that. But can you tell us a little bit about that history? Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, I mean, just, you know, throughout the years, it's always been these more liberal states or cities wanting to, I mean, for example, there's a place up in, in Washington where, they use during the pandemic, they used wood as, uh, you know, they just put like a face value on wood and they traded it around the company. And I think it like expired or whatever, but it was like a great community building activity. Well, it's funny that, you know, once you put gold into it, all you, you get all these like Republicans interested in everything. And, and it's really a bipartisan um, interest in you know, doing goldbacks because one it's it's localized um and you know it, it, and the the more liberal people appreciate it as well as these you know gold republicans um also loving it as well so you know i i feel like in the future we're, there's going to be a lot less headwind because it's not like a you know one party type thing right um but it's it's actually towing both party, both party interests. No, that's a good thing. And and the reason I said I, it didn't really surprise me is because, you know, back during the populist era, you got uh, William Jennings Bryan, the, the cross of gold, and uh, basically calling for like an easier monetary policy, which, which something like this is like if we have competing cur- currencies, that would definitely be a good thing. But 
it's um you know it's strange so how does it work for businesses who accept it you had talked about this a little bit on the liberty block podcast but we we didn't really get some nitty-gritty on that so I, I can't imagine if you know if you go to let's say a tire store and, and you pay with goldbacks. I cannot imagine that they can just take that to the bank and and drop it off. So how does that work on their end? Yeah, so um, here in Utah, it's actually pretty easy. There's a, a company called UPMA, and they will be they will exchange goldbacks. So let's say you own like a restaurant and and you get like fifty goldbacks. Well, you need to buy inventory. It's not like you can just hold on to that in, in in a lot of cases you need to buy inventory and so you would go to upma exchange that and um and uh um and then with that fiat you'd be able to go ahead and buy you know your um your your materials your food and stuff like that or i also know personally know of a company that the employees said hey um and can, can we get paid in goldbacks? Meaning like, you know, they might not, ha- they don't probably don't have that many goldbacks, you know, on hand, but they would actually pay their employees in goldbacks. That's awesome. No, that, that really is awesome. And and for all of gold's faults, and I don't really think it's gold's fault. I just think it's such a manipulated market, but gold is stable. If nothing else, it's not really going to go down. It, it Now it may not go up as much as it should, but, but you know, at least it's not going <laughs> to go down. So that that would be a really good thing, um, or if they're doing that, that is a really awesome thing. So with that, when now when they redeem it, do, do you know if they have to pay any taxes on that as like uh, capital appreciation or anything like that? Um, here in Utah, um, so I know other states are similar, but here in Utah, gold is considered uh, gold is considered currency. So there, there really shouldn't, I mean, here in Utah, we don't pay capital gains on gold, although the federal government, they, they take their, their fair share. I mean, no, not fair share. Just joking. (laughs) (laughs) They, they, they take a pretty penny out of that. Okay. So that, that's good because, you know, cryptos there, I I don't know, I, I haven't followed this as closely as I should have, but I know that they were talking about Tax and cryptos basically is like any other commodity, uh, you know, as, as far as stock, bond, whatever. So if they're not doing that with gold, that that's a good thing. But are there any inherent advantages over some of the more mainstream types of crypto? And, and what I mean by that, I personally think that crypto is a honeypot. I, I'm not sold on it. Um, so in your opinion, are there any advantages with goldbacks over crypto? Yeah, it's physical in your hands. And it's... Uh, it has a value attached to it, um, untrackable. Um, that's probably one of the big things, um, you know, because I know that um, uh, I got to be careful with what I say, but um, they, they want to do a, uh, um, gosh, uh, what do you call it? An unrealized capital gains tax. So with all these cryptos, I, I'm kind of like thinking about this, you know, I do kind of think it's a honeypot, although I still own cryptos, but I'm like, you know, it's, um, but if you wanted to tax everyone 50% on their unrealized capital gains, crypto would be the perfect place to go. Now, gold, um, I think it's going to be a lot more difficult for the government to track down everyone that has gold and then tax them on their capital gains and, and stuff like that, including silver. Um, so I think that's more of a safe area 
compared to crypto, which is, you know, you're falling right into the, um, you'll own nothing and you'll be happy. You have zero privacy and crypto falls within, within those lines. See, and that, that's what gets me is I wanted to get in on the crypto train. This was probably like around the beginning of the pandemic because I was like, hey, I have no idea what's going to happen with the stock market. I, I need to start pushing some money out of it. So I started looking into crypto and I started reading a lot about, you know, the blockchain and everything else. It's a completely open ledger. And to your point, there is no privacy there. Everybody can see if it goes from address one to address two, even if you store it in a cold wallet, when you get ready to do something with it, Everybody can see that. And, you know, I don't like that. And I'm not a person who says, well, if you're not doing anything wrong, you have nothing to hide. No, you have a reasonable expectation of privacy. So that that is my favorite thing about gold bags is beyond the point where you initially purchased them, because I actually did buy mine from UPMA. So beyond the point where you initially purchased them, there is no way to track that. There is no way whatsoever to track what you do with it from there. And I'm a huge fan of that. Um, and in that regard, I, I mean, I guess it acts like cash, but you know, with, with our current cash, they, they have serial numbers and everything else. So they might can still track it. I doubt they would go that far into it, but I do like that because these, you can remain truly anonymous. Any, anything you want to purchase, you can be anonymous when you make that transaction, which is a good thing. And then yeah, speaking of which here in Utah, so I, I always buy my guns, um, with cash just because, you know, there's that extra layer of like undrackableness, right? Um, but there are several gun gun places, gun stores here in Utah that accept gold bags for that same reason. They see what's coming down and they see that, you know, pretty soon there's not going to be cash transactions in the future. I mean, you can already see that a, a nickel costs just about as much it, to produce it than um, than what the face value is. Right. So like the same thing with like a penny. Right. Oh, yeah. It actually costs, um, what, like three cents to produce a one cent penny. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Insane, huh? Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, they see what's coming and they're like and a lot of gun stores have actually been very open to accepting gold backs. That's good. No, that that's I, I mean, honestly, that's what it's going to take. If we want to talk about real decentralization, it's going to have to be private businesses. It's going to have to be the state government. It's going to have to be even the individual citizens everybody's going to have to say we're, we're done with this. So that that's good. But you know, the, the fed is starting to talk about wanting a completely digital dollar. And that, that does absolutely terrify me because they, they can literally just turn your money on and off at will. And with a uh, Biden's pick for the comptroller, she's a literal communist. And, and she is outright saying, if I get into this office, this is what I would like to see. So that, that is good that we're having some sort of privately created because goldbacks are manufactured privately. Is that correct? Uh, yeah, correct. Okay, so they're manufactured privately and then completely untraceable um, because the government doesn't, I mean, they, they don't have anything to do with the production of them. So that that is awesome. Now, are there any works in action to create maybe like an independent processing network so businesses could avoid even having to, to convert them back to regular fiat? Ooh, um, that's, uh, yeah, that's a good question. So what I would say, the, the most... Um, probably the best place, you know, if you want to send gold backs to someone else, um, go do, do it through UPMA. What, essentially what you do is you go to upma.org, um, buy gold on there, then count the vaulted 100%. Um, and 
Um, and you'd be able to, if you in that other person needs to have, uh, is our internet not doing well? Yeah, it, it cut out there just a little bit. Okay. Uh, that, so uh, you'd be able to another person as long as they have a UPMA account. And uh, that is not, you won't be like transitioning into like fiat and, you know, having that be taxable. That it, if only like the technology was better, like, for example, some some of our some of the stores that accept goldbacks, um, you know, they have to accept them physically, then they have to bring them to UPMA. I would just I would absolutely love if, you know, all UPMA customers or clients, if they had some kind of like uh, magnetic card or chip reader or something like that, where they'd be able to spend their gold backs with their card. And, you know, these vendors would have access to more liquidity easier because it goes right into their UPMA account. So, I mean, I'm, I'm pitching these ideas to, to Jeremy and, and uh, hopefully, you know, they get some traction. Um, but, you know, I can see, I definitely see some room for improvement there. It's not like Bitcoin where it's, you know, very, very easy to get your cash, but, um, you know, there's definitely some, uh, um, some improvement needed there. Well, so for me personally, now, again, for a business owner, this might be different for me. I don't care so much if I have to carry them physically that, because for me, that's one of the things that I like about them, but for, you know, for, for the process inside of it, Peter Schiff a while back, I, I don't know where he's at with this cause I haven't kept up with the show for a couple of months, but a while back, he was talking about he wanted to actually create an independent payment processing network that you could spend gold off of a debit card. And, and I think he was going to call it Gold Bank, uh, if I'm not mistaken. So, yeah, nice. yeah that, that would be something um, definitely to your point for business owners. I, I can see that as a huge benefit because right now, if they're even if they're having to convert it, if they ever do decide to tax the capital gains or whatever, I, I can see that being an issue. But not just that, if you have an independent processing network, they, they can't shut you down, you know, like, like some of these big tech platforms do, uh, PayPal, when they shut down Alex Jones, if you have an independent network, they can't do that, which, which I think is probably, at least in my opinion, that would be the biggest benefit of it, aside from maybe being able to spend off of a card. Yeah. Now, now going back to, you know, what you're saying about the card, you, you asked specifically about, you know, transfers without having to switch into the fiat. UPMA has this debit card. It's like a preloaded debit card thing where you know you do sell your gold to put it on a debit card um and then you can actually use it at you know regular vendors but again to your point visa if they see that as a big enough threat they could just shut that down right right which which is why i think it would be i i think that's where goldbacks need to go from here is that who somebody who's tech savvy they they need to start creating a like a totally independent processing network so you don't even have to go through that step. You can just go go back to go back and keep it that way if, if you know if that's what you want to do. But um, kind of looking at this from a different angle, specifically from state sovereignty and secession. So it's a well-known fact for my audience that I'm a huge advocate for secession. Uh but there are several circles that need to be squared to ensure stability during what's going to be the the transitionary phase cuz obviously we don't want a power vacuum to come out of that. Now, currency stability is going to be a massive factor in that. I mean, it just will. Because if you know, if you have a state try to create their own fiat, that could be a disaster. It was a disaster during the revolution. And there's a lot of things that could go wrong there. But since these newly independent countries will have no direct attachments to the dollar anymore, if they're smart, 
what role do you think Goldbacks will play in that? Um, it's very, it's essential. Yeah. I mean, to, to get away from the B system, um, you, you need to have your own way of, uh, exchanging goods and services. Um, otherwise you're still a, uh, you're still a slave to the B system. Um, and I, I, if, you know, if someone controls your money, there's no way that you, you're completely free. Um, now I, you know, I could see gold, gold backs, um, you know, really being like a good base. Um, one issue I see, and as I said, you know, before this, uh, interview started is I'm very honest, um, gold backs, it is a business. It's a privately, it's a private business and they need a way to make money. Right. So it's almost like they need two currencies going at the same time. So for example, right now we use the U S dollar as like the, the side-by-side currency, right? We, they make gold backs. They have a little bit of a profit on top of the gold backs. And then they exchange them for U S dollars to make more gold backs. Um, and, you know, I was thinking about this the other day and I was like, maybe crypto would be a good alternative, you know, say you're make gold backs, you sell them for crypto, then you use the crypto to make more gold backs and, you know, have it rotate like that. Because, you know, if, you know, you're just completely cut off of the U.S. dollar, um, that uh, it wouldn't make sense for a private business. Um, to continue trying to make money when they, you have to measure it against something, right? Well, so I'm gonna I'm gonna counter that with this: if gold yeah, is is um is such a strong currency, I, I guess couldn't they just have processing fees? Like every time they issue a new round of currency, say we're gonna reserve this much, or I mean, I'm assuming right now because there, there's a spot price and then there's a premium over spot. So how how I mean. I guess couldn't that work? Like, couldn't they just put a small transaction fee and say, "Okay, we're going to take back like X amount of value, and then we're going to use that value to create more of this"? Um, I, yeah. So, yeah. So it just popped in my head was, you know, right now our gold coins. Let Let's say that. It's, uh, um. Actually, let's go back to the nineteen nineteen thirties. Gold coins they were twenty dollars, right? Um. But the gold spot value was about 19 something. So they're essentially using that uh, that little gap as processing fees, right? In order to make the gold coins. And so, you know, even though gold is worth $19, it's the coin form would be worth $20. And, and yeah. So I don't know, maybe I'm stumbling upon, um, you know, on my words right now um, and probably haven't, uh, you know, thought about this long and hard enough. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, yeah, Goldbacks could probably could totally do the processing fee. Well, and, and that's the thing is right now, I mean, people don't really think about this, but you know, banks, especially if you own a business, man, bank banks will clean you out on, on all their processing fees and, um, even with Visa, MasterCard, usually you're looking at anywhere from 2 to 4% on, on every single transaction. The merchant's paying that. So 
I think there could be something similar. Now, to, to your point with this, I wouldn't be opposed to crypto kind of being like a the competing alternate. Um, personally, I wouldn't want to be, have crypto be be like the end-all, be-all. If, if we were going to have an official currency, like let's say if Texas leaves, I would not want Bitcoin to be the official currency of Texas. I, I just wouldn't want that. But if, yeah. if they wanted to have that as like a circulating medium and then you could still have um, goldbacks basically be your cash in that system, then I, I I do agree with you that could also work really well. But if we wanted to go completely to them, I, I do think there's room for processing fees because as more and more people start to accept this, I mean, it, it's going to define its own worth, I, I guess. it Like it'll have a market-determined value. So I, I think that would be a good thing. And that's actually with goldbacks because they have physical gold in them they could be almost a universal currency too. Is that correct? Because one gold back or one Utah gold back is worth, is going to be worth the exact same thing as one Wyoming gold back. Right. Yeah, exactly. Um, here in Utah, you know, whenever we spend our gold backs, um, I, you know, have whatever's on hand and, uh, you know, I spent, I spend, you know, Nevada's and, and New Hampshire's and, you know, sometimes we're like, Hey, can I also get this other state you have, you know, and uh, just because like they, they want to collect them or whatever. Absolutely. But uh, but yeah, yeah, definitely interchangeable, kind of like the state quarters are. Absolutely. So have, have you read uh, Murray Rothbard's What Has Government Done to Our Money? I haven't. So he makes the case in there for a universal gold standard. And that's actually something else that just really blows my mind with, with what I see as the potential for gold backs. Because you don't have to go through money changers you're not going to get gypped on that. So to your point where, where you're circulating currency, technically that represents these different states, it's worth the exact same thing. You don't have to go through exchanges. You don't have to do any of that because one one thousandth of, of an ounce in Utah is the same as one one thousandth of an ounce in New Hampshire. So that that is something I think that is a huge benefit of goldbacks. And then again, you don't have to go through the cumbersome process and, uh, steps that it takes with crypto right now because i i've heard and again i don't invest in crypto currently but i've heard that with bitcoin one of the reasons it really still hasn't taken off is because it's still very difficult to actually transact with it, it in your experience is that the case yeah exactly i couldn't see myself waiting inside a store for 30 minutes for the the bitcoin transaction to go through no. <laughs> so usually it's just reserved for like online transactions and like things like that um, but going back, one of the also one of the big benefits of goldbacks um, that I see is that it, let's say the federal government doesn't like what goldback is doing, they they tell them, hey, stop this. Well, goldback will say, well, this is technically a a a state um, a voluntary currency. Go ask the governor. Go tell the governor to shut it down, and then you know they, they, it has. You know, for every state, right? They, you know, they have to, they have to go to the governor. They have to go through the legal process and everything to try to shut things down. And you know, what if the Utah governor, their their laws say no, this is completely legal, which which the laws do say that. Um, they're going to have a lot harder time just taking people's, uh, you know, privately held gold uh, in the form of goldbacks. Well, and not to say that they wouldn't do it because they did do that back in, what, 33. But I think now that we've seen kind of the implications of that, you know, the the devaluation of the dollar since then, 
this time I don't think because you know back then people still had a lot of trust for the government and that is one good thing. I mean it's very cynical, but that is one good thing. We are no longer as nearly as innocent or naive when it comes to governmental power as say that generation was. So now it's like, okay, well, it's not in bar form, so I can actually hide it, you know, a, a lot easier if, if it came to that, if an agent came to my house. I don't know what you're talking about, man. I ain't got no gold. And so, <laughs> this is this is art. Yeah, yeah. This is, well, this is art. But, you know, if I wanted to hide it, it, it would also be a lot easier to do so because I, I don't have like this little box of, of gold bars sitting there or, or gold bullion sitting there. Um, it, it's literally just as small as a piece of paper. And, I, I you know, I can hide it anywhere it needs to be hidden if, if it came to that. But the, I guess the one thing I do worry about, and I don't know how much research you've done on this, but are you familiar with Gresham's Law? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Okay, okay. And I thought a lot about it too. So that that is one thing. I haven't been able to solve that problem in my mind. Now for the audience, if you're not familiar with Gresham's Law, basically that's the idea or the theory that bad money chases out good. So if you have a strong currency versus a weak currency, because you can get more of the weak currency, it's going to have a propensity to, to drive out the stronger currency. So with gold, that that's one reason I, I think any state that tries this, uh, especially if they secede fully, they need to outlaw the U.S. dollar, in my opinion, because I, I don't think you would be able to keep the gold within the state if you did not. So what, what are your thoughts on that? Um, my thoughts on that... Um I actually haven't thought about the, you know, outlawing completely the U.S. dollar. Um, but uh, Gresham's Law, I mean, how I've seen it here in the goldbacks is you, you see these other like bullion dealers, they're selling their goldbacks for five, six dollars. And um, I, you know, I put myself in those positions and I say, all right, cool. I have a goldback. I bought it for five or six dollars. What's the exchange rate? Oh, three dollars and seventy cents. <laughs> right. So you'd almost be losing money. Yeah, it's and then they're like, "Yeah, I'm just gonna keep this <laughs> until until you know it 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 goes higher in value, or yeah, until the exchange rate is higher." And uh, I don't see that being a a good argument for you know the gold back you know succeeding. Um, due to that, that thing, which is why on our website, you know, we sell, we, we try to, you know, we have a lot less overhead than most of these bigger dealers and we sell them for rock bottom prices, um, to, you know, get around, we actually sell them for less than the exchange rate, um, to one, make it, make it more, um, appealing to actually go out and spend your gold bags. Um, <clears throat> now, as it, looking into a, um, you know, get a, getting out of the United States type thing, um, I don't know. I'd have to, I have to ask you, what are you, what are your ideas, you know? Because, uh, you know, I'm, yeah. So to me, it's, it's going to, it's going to be a multi-part process, right? And I think, so there, there are some burgeoning secession movements the people I've I've interviewed talking about this, that that is one area I don't think they've really thought it out. But it, like I said before, if if this newly independent state is smart, they, they will do everything in their power to to just get off the dollar as much as possible. Now, you know, if you want to have oil imported from the former union, 
obviously you're going to have to have some contact with the dollar, but you still need to limit your exposure. So what, what I would do if I were in charge, I would say, okay, look, this is our state currency. So again, using Texas as an example, for the Republic of Texas, our official state currency is the gold back. You, you know, individuals, the, the dollar is outlawed. Now, I know some libertarians are going to listen to this and they're going to be like, oh my God, like statist. And it's like, okay, but look, you're going to have to make some very tough decisions. But something else I think that, I think this actually goes into Goldback's favor. Um, have you ever studied when we had a specie back currency, like how, how the cash actually worked? No, no. Oh, SBC meaning like a gold backed currency. Yeah. Or sorry, gold currency, gold backed currency. <laughs> yes, yes, but but like we're talking like late 1800s early 1900s here. Have you have you ever studied how our cash actually worked then? So it wasn't that uh, gold was obviously more rare and silver was actually more common and probably overvalued compared to gold. And so people would hoard the gold. Is that correct? Well, you would have something like that, but but the actual cash itself, what what would happen is you had these notes that were supposed to be representative of whatever bank issued them. That that's representative of their gold deposits. Now, when we got into a unified currency, so when, when you actually have the dollar come on the scene, basically what happened was you would say, okay, whoever the the biggest banks are, you can accept their notes. Or, or actually, I'm sorry, when we get to a unified currency, you say look, this is issued by the Treasury of the United States. This is on the Treasury's gold. But obviously, what happens with that? How do you hold that accountable? Because that, that's basically yeah. giving you a receipt. So if you create too many receipts, you can still inflate the money. Now, now you can't do it to the extent that we do it now w- without any sort of a check on it. But when you have that sort of situation, cash back then actually functioned as a check does today. So if I gave you, let's say, a $100 gold certificate or, or a gold back note, then what you would do is go to your bank and say, I would like to redeem this piece of paper for that gold, right? So so in that sense, it sort of worked like a check because now you write yourself a check and say, okay, I want to go to the bank and cash this. So that is something I think gold backs have in their favor because they do have the physical gold already embossed into them that you you can't really inflate that. I mean, there's only a finite amount of gold, but... To tie that back to how to solve this, if you get rid of the dollar as much as possible, now again, if the, if the state wants to have some sort of contact with it so they can have imports, if, if that's going to be necessary, fine. But down at the local level, I think you have to drive out the other currencies. I, I mean, you have to do everything in your power to drive out the other currencies because, again, Gresham's Law... It's kind of a bitch, just to be honest. <laughs> so yeah, we we've seen it play itself out uh, multiple times in in the past because you know when you get up to the seventies and and we get off the gold window, who circulates in gold anymore? I mean, now granted, thank God there's some people in Utah starting to do this, but realistically, early on in your lifetime, how who, who's the last person you saw say, "Hey, I'll buy this from you for uh, one ounce of gold"? Yeah, I I mean I, I seem to be the only person that <laughs> probably does that, but. <laughs> Right, right. But I get, I get what you're saying. Right. So then that, that's why I'm saying we have to drive out the other currencies, and then the state cannot be allowed. And that's another thing I like about goldbacks because they are privately manufactured. The state cannot be allowed to sit there and inflate on them. So you, you can't even have the state introduce their own piece of paper to say, well, this is a representation of a goldback. No, 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 no. No, it has to be the goldback itself. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I totally, I'm totally following there where – it's like, yeah, why make a note of gold 
when the gold is already the notes. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and, and that's a huge advantage. And that's something because, so the, the technology behind how they actually print gold backs, that's something um, that we should probably go over that because don't they have a special machine where you can literally spray it atom by atom onto the, onto the note? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I mean, you can you get it so thin that you can bend a gold back, put it up to a light and you can see, see the light through it. Absolutely. Absolutely. And so that, that's what I'm saying. They, they do have a lot of advantages because you can transact in small amounts. Obviously now that that's one of the popular critiques against gold is like, Oh, well, if you just have, you know, five ounces of gold, like you, you can't just go buy a candy bar. Okay. Well with, with a gold back note, yes, that, that becomes theoretically possible. And especially if you start having an independent processing network where you can spend even smaller amounts than one, then yes, anything's possible at that point. But I think the biggest thing is going to be defeating Gresham's law. And again, to just to kind of tie all this back, I think the only way to do that is you are going to have to outlaw any sort of competing currency, except for maybe crypto. And uh, even with crypto, I, I think enough people are still kind of technophobic enough that they wouldn't really adopt it. So, so even if you have crypto, it's kind of like, look, this is our base and this is what we're going to measure it against. I, I still don't think crypto would be enough of a threat to enact Gresham's law in that sense. But if you have just some sort of paper, whether it's the U.S. dollar, where it, whether it's the new state's uh, official currency, then I think that would be a much bigger problem because you would drive the gold out of the state and then it's like you you defeated the whole purpose of having it in the first place. Yeah, yeah. So when I, when I sent you that email, I, I uh, previously I said, yeah, that would, you know, if you have like a completely 100% gold currency and everyone else around you is using like yeah let's say you know the other states well you know i let's say i really like brussels sprouts i'm gonna go to a different state spend my gold to get those brussels sprouts they're gonna take all my gold and you know eventually the gold will all be sucked out of um you know this the state that's um that exited the union and um and uh we're gonna be poor as dirt again <laughs> you know <laughs> and that that could be a problem and, and i do think you would have to take important steps even even to keep the gold from from getting out so if the state it, so what whatever capacity the, the state's still going to have official relations with the former union the, it's going to be a tough puzzle to solve i, I mean i'm not going to pretend i have all the answers but i think what you would do is any any sort of outgoing transaction you could electronically convert that into a dollar denominated thing where the physical gold back is not leaving the state. Now, if you were to go out of state, I guess that does sort of uh, kind of throw a wrench into my plan of, of just outlawing the dollar. But if, if you were to go out of state or maybe they could say, look, if you want to have a dollar denominated account, it's almost like having an exchange account now for, for or a Forex account now for foreign currencies where it's like you're going to have to go to a different state and set it up there. There's some things you could do with that. Honestly, that, that like I said, that's going to be a very hard problem to solve. But I think as goldbacks get a little bit more universally accepted, because especially right now, Utah, Wyoming, South Dakota, all geographically close together. I, I mean, all of those states are within, you know, what, a six to eight hour drive of each other. So if you have these bigger regions that start accepting it, I also think economies of scale will come into into place. And as people see how good it is, Maybe you have people just voluntarily saying, I, I don't want the dollar. Give, give me this. Just like you were saying with the person wanting to get their paycheck that way. So 
I, I don't know. <laughs> tough, tough pill to swallow. Yeah. But, uh, it's, I, there's things that could be done. Uh, I guess I'll just have to leave it at that now. Coda, we have covered an awful lot of ground today, and thank you again for coming on the Jeffersonian tradition. I'll be sure to include a link for defythegrid.com in our show notes page today. But were there any parting thoughts, resources, or a call to action you'd like to leave the audience with? Um, let's see. Um, until so January 1st, we have this coupon promotion going on our website for 1% off. I mean, margins are very small, but um, 1% off. It's called uh, the, the coupon code is Liberty Block. And uh, I'm just using the previous coupon code that for the previous show that I did with, with uh, uh, Axelman. That's a Liberty Block. So, yeah, go ahead and feel free to visit us there. Um, ask us questions too. You can email us um, if you have like if you want to put solar panels on your van or you know your house and everything. I'm currently doing an off grid, 100% off grid house um, in the middle of nowhere, and uh, love answering questions. If you have questions about like degoogled phones or even you know the emails that I recommend because I. I don't like Google. <laughs> Go ahead and yeah, just ask me questions. I'm honestly very, very happy to help out where I can and and uh, yeah, give some of my experience out to others. All right. Well, thanks again for coming on. And guys, please remember, if you find value in the podcast to consider contributing to the show, you can contribute on a recurring basis through the supporting listener link in the show notes page. Or you can make a one-time contribution by using the show's Cash App information, which is also included in that show notes page. Any contribution amounts help, and thank you again to everyone in advance who decides to do so. And also, please consider downloading the MeWe app and joining the show's private MeWe group so we can have more sane and rational discussion around historical and current political issues. And all right, with another episode in the books, thank you again for tuning in, and I will talk to you all next time.